Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living in today's world. Here is your host, Dr. Laurel Trujillo. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, where we talk about yoga in all its depth and breadth as a path to spiritually conscious, fulfilled living today. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, host and producer of the show. You can learn more about the Yoga Hour at our website, theyogahour.com. Our topic today is inner courage. How can we find the inner courage we need to face ourselves, others, and the unknown? And I'm delighted to be joined today by Mark Nepo. Mark Nepo has moved and inspired readers and seekers all over the world with his number one New York Times bestseller, The Book of Awakening. Mark has published 22 books and recorded 15 audio projects. In 2015, he was given a Life Achievement Award by Age Nation. In 2016, he was named by Watkins Mind, Body, Spirit as one of the 100 most spiritually influential living people. And he was also chosen as one of OWN's Super Soul 100, a group of inspired leaders using their gifts and voices to elevate humanity. In 2017, Mark became a regular columnist for Spirituality and Health magazine. Mark's book, which we are discussing today, is Find Inner Courage. I wanted to call your attention to an upcoming webinar that Mark is uh, planning, which will be on November 21st, 28th, and December 5th, and is called The Fire of Aliveness, Coming Back into the World. His websites are marknepo.com, threeintentions.com, and to sign up for the webinars and see all the details, you can check out live.marknepo.com. Welcome, Mark Nepo. I'm so delighted to have you with me today on the Yoga Hour. Well, thank you. It's great to be with you again. It's always good to to just be talking together. Yes, for sure. I should also mention to listeners that there are several episodes with Mark, uh, older episodes that you can find in our archive um, at uh, Unity Online Radio, and you just enter, just find the Yoga Hour page, and you can just enter Mark Nepo's name and access those as well. But before we begin our dialogue about inner courage, let's begin with a moment of contemplation. So as we begin this yoga moment, let's just bring our attention to the present. Whatever we, wherever we are and whatever we're doing, just bring our attention to the body, feeling the body in space. 
and particularly feeling the surfaces that support the body. Whether we're sitting or standing, feeling, feeling the ground, where are our feet? If there are other surfaces, are we sitting in a chair? Just feeling that connection. And then turning our attention to the breath. And just noticing as we take a fully conscious breath on the next inhale. And exhale. On the next inhale, feeling the cool air in the nostrils. And on the exhale, feeling the warmed air flowing out. And as we rest here, right where we are, here is something to contemplate. From the founder and spiritual director of the Yoga Hour, Yogacharya, Ellen Grace O'Brien, from her book, The Jewel of Abundance. If we allow ourselves to be brought down by conditions, how can we constructively participate in changing them? Just as anger and fear can be contagious, so can happiness. Let your innate joy blossom and share the sweet fragrance of it with those around you. The Buddhist monk and peace activist Thich Nhat Hanh, who has known great suffering in life, suggests smiling as a spiritual practice. We can smile gently, even in the face of sorrow. This, he says, is a practice of declaring that we are greater than our sorrows. Practice smiling the smile of Buddha and dwelling in the joyful realization of your true self. Practice smiling the smile of Buddha and dwelling in the joyful realization of your true self. Oh. So once again, Mark Nikpa, welcome back to the Yoga Hour. Thank you. Before we start talking about inner courage, which we're going to spend most of the program on, I did want to take a moment to acknowledge that this is the 20th anniversary of your transformative spiritual guide and bestseller, The Book of Awakening. So as you look back on the past 20 years since The Book of Awakening was first published, what what are your reflections? When you published it, did you have any idea we'd be talking about it 20 years later? Oh, my God. No, not at all. (laughs) And uh, it's just uh, been remarkable. You know, I first... Uh, was drawn to write that book because on the other side of my cancer journey, and I was, I have lots of people in my life that are in some form, either recovery or are uh, significant others of people in recovery. So I saw a lot of day books uh, really being used, beat up in cars and bathrooms and bedrooms. <laughs> and I thought, you know, if if I could fill that form with small doses of what matter, it might it might be a way to give back. And that's how it all started. I had I could never have imagined. It's now um, sold over a million copies. It's in 20, 25 languages. It's it's astonishing. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes life surprises us, huh? <laughs> Often, actually. Always. always. <laughs> yeah. 
So we wanted to talk today about another older book of yours, which was originally the the uh, copyright actually says 2007, but was published as a new edition last fall. And it just seemed so appropriate to me that we wanted to focus on it for this show, which is called um, Finding Inner Courage. Um, at this particular time, it, it seems to me that there's really a call for us. I mean, perhaps always there has been, but it's become, I think, even more important, this call to find inner courage and, and live authentically, which is, I feel like, what you are what you are encouraging through this book. So what initially inspired you to write this book about courage? Well, I think, you know, and this is very humbling, uh, I think, with all of my books, is that um, I think we write about what we need to learn. And, you know, I this was on the other side of my cancer journey. And while people and, and you know, people who are called courageous, most people uh, think, what me? What did I how? You know, I just did what I had to do to get here. And um, and, you know, people a bit kindly were calling me courageous for uh, kind of being spit out of the mouth of the whale of cancer. <laughs> face up somewhere on shore and I was like huh and um and the truth is that being <clears throat> awakened and more authentic because I was broken open I had run to the edge of what I knew about courage and in order to live I needed to learn more about courage and so I that's how I learned is by inquiry and the words are the trail of that so, and I think we all have an edge, no matter where we are, we all have an edge of what is uh, calling us and what is new and where our risk, where our, our, our risk gate is. Mm -hmm. And it takes courage to do that. Um, I think, you know, we also, it's so uh, important to note that the kinds of courage that we, we normally think of courage, the, and we've seen a lot of it with our healthcare workers, with firemen, policemen, people who were even people who deliver the mail during the pandemic, you know, er, there's so much courage in action. Yeah. And and if you think of those as the, the, the things that break ground, when we talk about inner courage, we're talking about the soil out of which those gestures come. Yeah. And so that becomes looking at courage as a way of being, as an inner stance, as a way uh, to be in the world and with each other. Indeed. <clears throat> when you, when you uh, begin the book, you talk about the word courage and where it comes from. And I thought it would be nice to highlight that for our listeners. So yeah, because that was really when I discovered that that was my way in to this inquiry. So the, the word courage comes from the Latin core, C-O-R, and that that word means heart. But the original idiom, the first use of the word courage means to stand by one's core. And when I learned that, that that gave me the doorway into this whole inquiry and it gave me something to stand on because to be courageous inwardly is to stand by our core. And of course, when I stand by my core, I align with the core of all things. Mm. So when I can when I can touch into the authority of my being, 
It only has authority because it lines up with the authority of all being. So one one way to imagine this is if you know we if you look at a mountain from the distance, the mountain's majestic in how it stands so forthright and steadfastly. And as you get closer, you can't really tell where the base of the mountain ends and the earth begins. Mm. And when I can line up with be through so when I can line up with my core, and how do I do that? By being authentic. Mm. Then I line up like that mountain with the core of all being. And that, that is where we find resource and resilience and the mystery of life. Mm-hmm. And I would just point out that that's yoga, really. That's uh-huh. in the big, in the biggest sense. That's yoga. That 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 the, I love the image of the core of ourselves aligning with the core of all. That is really the essential practice of yoga. Even though most people, when you say yoga, just think about a kind of pretzel pose or something like that. <laughs> but really, it's it's much bigger than that. And so so thank you for that beautiful image of the of the mountain. So one of the things you you mention is the, uh, you quote the Gnostic Gospels, and I, I love this quote, so I wanted to highlight it. And the quote is, if you bring out what is inside of you, what is inside of you will save you. If you fail to bring out what is inside of you, what is inside of you will destroy you. So that is a very powerful call for authenticity, as you as you just talked about and and we all every one of us faces this daily and there's such a powerful and i think especially in our time here you know the the pandemic and and let me preface when we start to talk about this that there's a paradox at work that we are they there is no they you know i have a there's a small poem of mine that is remains a teacher for me it says you know those who wake are are the students those who stay awake are the teachers mm. how we take turns how mm. we take turns and so you know we are it's such a strident time and i when we are when we can be courageous and stand by our core and be authentic then we bring out what's inside of us and it can save us and when we can't it starts to destroy us and that can happen to me today and tomorrow and the next day it can change and it can happen as it's happening you know i think a lot of the stridency and the violence and the difficulty and the isolation is coming from when people are unable to bring out what's inside of them mm-hmm. yes that is um i think that's really insightful where where is that coming from that that um, anger and destruction that we are seeing in many, many different ways in, in today's world. In the book, you share a haunting story of a young girl in Guatemala. So, and that's from page 16. Would you relate that story for our listeners? Well, this, I had learned this, this was, um, uh, there was a, an amazing woman that I know who she does immense service by, working with a group of people who go into areas of conflict around the world and take care of the orphans who are left. And this was a story she told uh, that, uh, 
about a young girl. She was in Guatemala caring for people. And there was a little girl um, who had lost her parents and her older brother. And in the aftermath, she found her one day uh, sitting on a, a stone, uh, pulling the wings off of a butterfly, going pobrecita, pobrecita, which in Spanish means poor little one, poor little one. And it's such a powerful and touching image, and no one can blame this little girl. Um, but she was doing to the butterfly what was done to her. And when we can bring out what it is, and, and again, I'm not blaming, I, I see that little girl as a messenger to us of that Gnostic quote we just explored. When we can't be authentic and face who we are and what we are experiencing, then we tear off the wings of things smaller than us. Mm -hmm. And so if we want to if we want to limit violence in the world, the first thing we can do is to face what is ours to face mm -hmm. and feel what is ours to feel. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Which when it's painful is a it's a hard place to be, to stay. Uh, absolutely. You know, I think the one a great paradox is in life is that life has been made just hard enough so that we need each other to ensure the journey of love. Mm -hmm. And it takes that vulnerability to say, help, mm -hmm. help, I'm hurting. And again, to be authentic in that, in that moment, because fortunately or unfortunately, there's no way out of things that are very difficult, the death of a loved one, our own development of a chronic or, or severe illness, all these things that in life that can be so challenging. And there's a need to go through and not around. Well, this is, you know, I think that so much <clears throat> depends on our and our relationships depend on not running from suffering, but helping each other move through it. You know, there is there is what I've been recently uh, uh, calling because of, of just being with friends who've been through grief and a lot uh, of suffering is this there's the life after tears. You know, the life before tears, we try to avoid it, we try to run from it. But eventually every person uh, will be dropped into the depth of life, which doesn't have to be painful. It can come from wonder and joy and you know, unconditional love. And it also can come from, from things that, that change us, that break us open. But the life after tears is the vulnerable life, is the life where we, there's nothing between us. We feel each other and therefore we are there for each other. Mm-hmm. And it's it is quite a different experience to they have the depth of of compassion for others once we have had difficulties ourselves. I, I thought as a physician it was actually very helpful for me to be ill. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh. that I had uh, taken care of a lot of patients who had sinus infections. And then I, and, and of course, I, you know, I don't think I was ever rude to them, but I think perhaps I was a little dismissive. And then I had a sinus infection 
then experienced a lot more pain than I would have believed possible. And after that, when someone came in with a sinus infection, I was incredibly <laughs> empathetic to them. Not, you poor that was, thing. That's so wonderful because that's exactly for, I think, how, and once our heart is open, it's it doesn't close. It keeps opening. Mm. So once it was opened that way, you know, I too remember being younger and, um, you know, uh, years ago, decades ago, but being in a grocery line and seeing an older woman who obviously had back trouble and was very slow and step at a time. And, you know, and from a distance, I, my heart went out to her, but then I was in, in my, and then I was getting impatient mm -hmm. and, and, you know, you, you know, years, five, six, seven years later, I tweaked my back doing some kind of sports thing. I think it was racquetball and, and then all of a sudden I couldn't get to the bathroom for 10 days. Well, now, you know, now I understand. Now, now if I see someone uh, slow and struggling, I don't just watch, I go and carry their groceries for them. Right. <laughs> because once our heart is opened, it stays open. Unless we close it. And if we close that out of fear, then we're back to the Gnostic quote that, you know, we're not letting what is inside outside of us. And now we will be destroyed and destroy things around us. Which brings us to the epigraph of the <clears throat> chapter, loving what you fear, loving what you fear. And the epigraph is go outside and let the sun spill into your heart there can you feel it it's the quiver of your soul it makes you vulnerable betray you which i thought was just really beautiful you give an example in the book that is both uh, personal and powerful so will you share your story of summoning the courage to overcome your fear of dogs sure sure you know i'm i'm such a dog person now and but early in life i was i don't remember i was bitten when i was very little as a child little infant and and i so i always had this fear of dogs which is really difficult because they're everywhere <laughs> and uh and you know, and then it was on the other side of my cancer journey that I was actually I was in uh, traveling in the Caribbean and and I had always developed this sixth sense to if I heard a jingle of a collar, I'd walk down a different street. I'd try to avoid it. And um, and all of a sudden I felt I wonder if I'm still afraid. And so I walked by these pack of loose dogs who are sleeping on the sidewalk and Marigot in a town in St. Martin, the island of St. Martin. And I was all right. And, huh. And then I had loved ones uh, get me as a present uh, a little golden retriever puppy, which was my first dog, uh, Saba, which I named after the island you can see from St. Martin. Mm. And, um, and then, you know, and I, I still can get spooked by an aggressive dog, you know, um, but I grew to love the thing I feared. And and when that puppy, it's interesting, my dear old friend, Paul, who was just visiting me recent this past weekend, but this was years ago, but we were in the snow 
we were walking in a, on a far, old farm property and he was, he was, he does photographs. He was taking photographs and it was the first time little Saba, seven weeks old, was off a leash. She was hmm. running complete joy, head in the snow, bounding around. And then she slid. I can see it right now as I'm telling you. She slid into an iced pond and fell into the, into the iced water. And I, and I could see her face struggling you know trying to get back up to the surface and in without thinking i was in that pond up to my waist in this iced water throwing her like a little rug up in the air out of the water and she plopped <laughs> on the side of the snow shook her little thing head like what happened and um and so here and then we wound up bringing her uh into we got a, a hair dryer and was blowing a hairdryer on her to warm her up until she was body temperature was back to normal. But but here I was uh, through unexpected love of this thing I feared, thrown literally into an ice cold baptism, into life on the other side of my fear mm -hmm. of dogs. Mm -hmm. Which <clears throat> begins to point to the um, the relationship between fear and courage. And we've only got about another minute before the break. Did you have anything that you wanted to say about that? Yeah, I, I think, you know, this, we hear about the choice between love and fear, and so much comes down to that. Um, I think that what I've learned, and we can talk more about it on the other side, but I've learned that fear is to be moved through, not obeyed. <clears throat> wow. I think that is a very, very powerful uh, perspective. And again, it's one of those emotions that when we feel it, the tendency is to move away. So to think of it as something to be moved through rather than away from. I like think when you shiver with a, with a cold or you have a fever, it's, it's to be moved through and not, not asked for direction. We don't ask our fear for direction. Otherwise, right. it'll tell us to be more afraid. <laughs> And with that, we've come to the end of the first segment. You're listening to The Yoga Hour with my guest, Mark Nepo. He is the author of the book we're discussing today, Finding Inner Courage. You can find out more information about Mark at his websites, marknepo.com, threeintentions.com. And for information about his webinars, you can check out live.marknepo.com. We'll be posting links to his website and to his books at our website, theyogahour.com. We welcome your comments and questions. You can contact us through the website, theyogahour.com. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, host and producer of the show. When we come back from the break, we'll explore more about how the power of honest inquiry in times of loss and uncertainty can ignite deep reflection and motivate action. We'll be right back. Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry, where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. 
Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. Insights and practices for spiritually conscious living. Welcome back from the break. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, host and producer of the Yoga Hour, and I'm here with my guest, Mark Nepo. So, Mark, during the break, you and I had a chance to chat for a few moments, and you said something that was striking to me. So you said that at this particular time, you thought it was important for us to become intimate with the unknown. So can you say more about that? Yeah, I think that, you know, we have um, one of the things about the pandemic and it has forced us to be still. It has forced us to not plan too far out, to not know, you know, we in the in the modern world, we have trained ourselves to treat the unknown and almost catastrophize it completely. You know, when I was a uh, was younger, um, and there were only three television stations when I was a kid. And there was a we- there was the weather, and it was called the Weather Report. Now it's called Storm Watch. And uh, last I knew, storm was only one form of weather. Yes, there are storms. There are bigger storms because of climate change. But but we folk, you know, things always make a lot of noise when they fall apart. It's like spiritual physics and things are quiet when they come together. Things are always falling apart and coming together. And we in the modern world, I fear, are addicted to the noise of things falling apart. Mm. And, you know, this pandemic has forced us to into a global Sabbath. You know, the word Sabbath means the one day we don't turn one thing into another. And we've been forced into a global Sabbath. We can't, we can't rush. We can't manipulate things. We can't bend. We can't, we can't even dream too far ahead because we are being forced to discover the miracle of what is. Indeed. So, One of the things that I wanted to make sure that we covered was you uh, share four learnings to explore the art of feeling or inhaling our experience and emptying or exhaling our experience. So first of all, I love that, that just the way that you describe that as, as the breath, Um, exploring the art of feeling, inhaling our experience and emptying, exhaling our experience which when learned can help us live. So um, first I wanted to just read the little poem that goes with that feeling and emptying. O leaf that grows in full sun, teach us how to receive what touches us, letting the rest spill off. Most beautiful. Feeling and emptying, O leaf that grows in full sun, teach us how to receive what touches us, letting the rest spill off. So the first of these four learnings that you describe, exploring the art of of feeling or inhaling our experience and emptying, exhaling our experience is letting what is lead the way. 
So tell us more about yeah. that. So first to, to kind of offer another image to to hold all of these is that that this inhaling and exhaling, th that's the heart breathes by feeling and perceiving and it exhales by expressing. And it doesn't matter what life, what form of expression the heart needs to express because just like the lungs need to inhale and exhale. And um, and I have an entire book that pursues all of that called Drinking from the River of Light. That's that's maybe another time we can go deeply and deeper into that. Um, and so this is how we stay inwardly healthy is by by feeling and perceiving and by expressing. So lead, letting what is lead the way. Um, you know, the word trust literally means follow the heart. Yeah. And so we stay whole and authentic by following aliveness, by following aliveness. You know, one of the kind of questions I, I ask myself more and more each day is, whatever's before me, even if it's difficult, is this heartening or is this disheartening? Is this task before me? Is this relationship? Is this, you know, is it heartening? And even if it's difficult, if it's heartening, then I'm in. If it's disheartening, what am I doing there? Mm. Why, am, why am I still, why am I entangled here? And so, that letting what is lead the way, you know, B William Blake, the mystical poet, he has an aphorism that says straight is the road to improvement. Crooked is the road to genius. Mm. And let's pause for a minute to look at what the word gene, you know, again, just like courage, genius, we've taken to mean an exceptional, you know, an extraordinary ability like Mozart or Einstein. Um, uh, but that's not the origin of the word genius. The original definition of the word genius means attendant spirit. Mm. Everyone has a genius. Everyone has an attendant spirit, whether you call it soul or dharma or atman or Allah or Adonai or, or inner voice. So crooked is the road following our heart, letting what is lead the way, is the road to being in touch with our attendant spirit, our guardian angel. This is, genius is also where the word genie comes from. Yeah, I, I, I made that connection for the first uh -huh. time when you, so, when you said that as attendant spirit. So you can see the common, the common origin, genie and genius. So, so you know, the, the, the famous, you know, Aladdin's lamp, it's not, you know, that that has, you know, that if you hold the lamp, it will give the genie will appear and give you your wishes. Well, archetypally, it's more that if you embrace your life, then your attendant spirit will show up to help guide you. Mm. So that is letting what is lead the way. Yeah. And then the next one is expressing what remains unexpressed. Well, we, and this goes right to the heart of that image that the, the way the heart has to breathe, because what is not expressed is depressed. Mm -hmm. What is not expressed is depressed. And so we are all 
challenged to continually process, digest, internalize through introspection, through holding and listening, what it is to be alive. And, and, and the oldest medicine we have is holding and listening. I have never been held or held or listened or been listened to that didn't heal me, even if it was something I didn't want to hear. Mm. And so, you know, this is where we are, are encouraged, uh, encouraged, inner courage, being encouraged to, um, if we're real and vulnerable, we will see each other and we will hold each other and we will help each other through. So, you know, so much of what, when it remains unexpressed, it becomes toxic. Mm-hmm. You know, the word, the word vulnerable literally means from the Latin vulnus means to carry a wound gracefully. And I don't think it means stoically, you know, a physical wound has to be uh, given, stay open and be given air and light to heal. Right. If it doesn't, and actually if it gets covered over, it actually then needs to be reopened Mm. surgically. I think debrided, is that the term? Yes. Yeah. Debrided, yep to to in order to heal and the same thing with a with our heart if we don't express what's unexpressed then especially the difficult painful things they can become infected Mm. hearkening back to the story that you told about the little girl in guatemala pulling the the wings off butterflies so now, this next one of the four, this is the third. So, so far we've had letting what is lead the way, expressing what remains unexpressed. And now we're at, this is probably my favorite, uh-huh. acknowledging and forgiving our unconscious participation in life. Acknowledging and forgiving our unconscious participation in life. Well, and I think that this brings up two continual practices on endless ongoing practices that are essential for us to be uh, healthy and whole and in relationship. One is the work acknowledging our unconscious participation in life, that if I hurt you, uh, self-awareness and listening, receiving the truth, if I can't see it and you tell me, that hurt. So there's a work of self-awareness is acknowledging our participation in life, conscious and unconscious. Forgiving, not only is forgiving and being forgiven, this is the life of, of making amends. And this is where, you know, 12-step 12, 12 programs are so healthy in the steps that they ask. I think they're steps that anyone, whether they're uh, alcoholics or not, it's helpful to practice these and and a big one is making amends you know i think i've come to think after all these years that um the difference between the wise and the unwise is that the wise say they're sorry mm-hmm. and um because only when we make amends can we go on you know i um and i think this is the difference 
you know, we all inadvertently uh, can be hurtful. I trip, I spill tea on you, you know? Um, but then I have to clean it up and make amends. Mm -hmm. And the difference between between inadvertently hurting, which is in the human journey, and evil, evil is when, when I think when people are, are somehow find themselves uh, hurting people knowingly. Mm -hmm. Hurting people and uh, themselves and others knowingly. And so, yes, we are, you know, we are constantly being asked to say we're sorry and to look with self-awareness at, at, at what, are, what are we doing? How did this happen? And, and this is the paradox of limitations that, you know, I, I talk about this in another, a newer book uh, as the 10,000 hands, that is the heart in its infinite desire and want, even to do good has 10,000 hands. It wants to do everything, but I only have two. Hmm. Yes, I only have two. And so if I insist on carrying 10 cups of hot tea, I will spill them on somebody. Mm. But if I can have the 10,000 hands of my heart enter the one, the two hands I have and hold the one cup of tea I'm bringing to you, mm. then we find eternity. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, I think the reason that this particular one re resonated with me is that Ellen uh, O'Brien has distilled the the teachings of Kriya Yoga into four little aphorisms. And those are, it is, we are it, we forget, we remember. Yeah, that's lovely. <laughs> Yeah. And it's the forgetting. So I wasn't, you know, feeling it as much of as when we don't participate or our unconscious participation in life is hurtful to others. But just when we're not present, just when we forget and we lose ourselves only to come back, only to remember when we come back and then um, acknowledging and forgiving our unconscious participation in life. So, yes, well, absolutely. Everything you that. said, you know, all of the all of the uh, ways that we unconsciously or even consciously harm and the need for for um, amends, I think, is very important. And even just forgiving ourselves for the unconscious ways that we find ourselves in life, which is a continual process. Right. I, I think that spiritual practice, whatever it is, is always a practice of course correction, a practice of return. You know, medieval monks, when asked how they practice their faith said by falling down and getting up mm. and i love that mm -hmm. i love that it's so true mm -hmm. by falling down and getting up yep we forget and we remember <laughs> very nice so in the last of the four so we've talked again just review uh letting what is lead the way expressing what remains unexpressed acknowledging and forgiving our unconscious participation in life and then the last is keeping our mind open yeah, we, we, I think this is very, very uh, in need today, uh, all, all around the world. You know, when, when we, out of fear, if we only look to confirm what we already know, that's not learning. How do I ever uh, 
find this is another way to be intimate with the unknown is to keep you know thank god if i meet you and you know uh, teach me what i don't know how do i keep an open mind how do i look for what is not me how to be thoroughly this is another paradox to be thoroughly myself authentically so i can welcome everything that is not me mm. and so you know we don't need things that are the same you know the the um uh it's so important today that that we keep opening both inwardly and outwardly and so one thing that i do a practice simple practice for myself is when i find myself feeling very strongly about something i i turn the statement into a question mm. and and try to be with that for a while mm. wow I think that that really has huge potential because that is not what I would say is happening most of the time in the world is uh, when we have strongly held views that we turn them into questions. Um, we perhaps are beating each other over the head openly more than more than we used to. So it's a lovely way to think about it, lovely way to practice turning your your own when you get triggered, your own deeply held beliefs and turning it into a question. So the book has so much, as I mentioned, we could have had so many different uh, conversations about it. These are just some things that that struck us, struck the the, um, the my team, my wonderful team who helps me prepare for these episodes. Um, but you talk about a myth in the book. Uh, the myth you explore is uh, the eye of the god Horus from Egyptian cosmology. And in Egyptian cosmology, the sun as it rises is the eye of, of Horus and it it's open, um, you know, when the sun is, is in the sky and then it's closed uh, at nighttime. So the, um, uh, you describe it, your quote is an early myth explains the sun's daily setting and rising as Horus's temporary loss and ultimate recovery of his central eye. And yeah. To me, it's that ultimate recovery of the central eye, that rising of the sun again after the loss of vision and the rising of the sun um, that is so hopeful, right? Uh, yes, and this feel this is just what we were talking about. It's another ancient way of speaking about forgetting and remembering, about falling down and getting up. And this is why being authentic and have finding the inner courage, there is no recovery of that sight or that light or that sun or that hope if we don't find the courage to look and hold and see and hear and receive each other again and again and so it is a beautiful ancient ancient myth that that it is the the recovery of sight of soundness of that authority of being that allows us to see again see ourselves each other and how we're all knit as one and i think the sun is a great ultimately a great teacher because the sun look at what the sun the sun emanates light and warmth in all directions without preference mm -hmm. it doesn't say well today i'm just going to shine on the roses <laughs> <laughs> and our heart is like our inner sun and this is one of the courages i find the inner courage is Yes, in the world, I need to discern 
when to open, when to close, who to be vulnerable with, where is it safe, how, what to, you know, we have a thousand decisions every day, but, but we have to all never shut down the inner sun. Inwardly, the spirit, the heart, the spirit through the heart emanates love and warmth in all directions without preference. Mm -hmm. My decisions are like opening and closing the blinds. So that's the practice of being the human, but the practice of being the being is to never, you know, never close that heart again. And, and you know, Hazrat Inia Khan, the great Sufi teacher, has a saying, God breaks the heart again and again and again until it stays open. So beautiful. So beautiful. And something as you were as you were talking, I was um, remembering that uh, and I don't even know which poet, <laughs> I think it was a poet said this, but um, that's how the light gets in, right? That when something's broken, you know, then that's how the that light was gets Leonard in. Cohen had a yes. great line. That's how the light gets in. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's an ancient an ancient you know tradition and all the traditions speak about it in Tibetan mythology. It's believed that a spiritual warrior that is one committed to a life of transformation always has a crack in their heart because that's how the mysteries get in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just, just beautiful. I wanted to ask you, Mark, as we draw our conversation to a close, uh, we always like to end with this. Um, what words of encouragement or inspiration would you like to leave with our listeners? Well, I, I, I would like to leave with everyone uh, my ultimate belief in the, this human experiment, this human journey, and that we all have immense, immense love and capacity in us. And so I would leave that with a short poem of mine uh, that goes like this. The mystery is that whoever shows up when we dare to give has exactly what we need hidden in their trouble. Can you say that again? The mystery is that whoever shows up when we dare to give has exactly what we need hidden in their trouble. Mm. So beautiful, really beautiful. Um, and a different way to look at giving, right? We, I think we all experience that when we give that we receive. This really points out in a deep way that perhaps it's a way that we can approach that person who shows up in front of us. And what do they have that we need to receive? And, and by giving, that's how we, the ultimate recovery of our soundness comes from that kind of giving mm. that breaking open of our heart yes as you guys as you just you were just talking about breaking open of our heart again and again and again yeah and with that we've come to the close of the show you've been listening to the yoga hour it's been my pleasure to share this time with you i'm dr laurel trujillo i'm the host and the producer of the show and I've been talking with Mark Nepo. We've been discussing how to find the inner courage to face ourselves, 
to face others and to face the unknown. Mark Nepo is the author of the book, Finding Inner Courage. You can find out more information about Mark at his websites, marknepo.com, and Nepo is just N-E-P-O, marknepo.com, threeintentions.com, and then uh, live.marknepo.com. We are going to be posting these links to Mark's websites and his books on our website, theyogahour.com. So once again, Mark, thank you so much for joining me today on the Yoga Hour. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you so much. Joy to be with you. Oh, total joy to be with you. For listeners, join me next time on the Yoga Hour when we will be joined by author, Sanskrit teacher, and Ashtanga yoga teacher, Zoe Slatoff. We'll be discussing how understanding and using Sanskrit can deepen our yoga practice. We encourage you to join us for the many online programs offered by Yogacharya O'Brien and the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, which include morning meditation, which occurs daily from 6.30 to 7.30 a.m., afternoon meditations from 4 to 4.30 p.m., Pacific, all these are Pacific times, and then Sunday satsangs from uh, 10 to 11 Pacific time every week. Um, on September 30th, we wanted to notify you so you can look forward to it. Uh, the Yoga Hour and Center for Spiritual Enlightenment will feature programs honoring Lahiri Mahashaya, the bliss-filled father of Kriya Yoga. Again, that's September 30th. Our Yoga Hour is going to be a conversation between me and Yogacharya O'Brien about Lahiri Mahashaya. You can learn more about CSE online programs at ellengraceobrien.com or at csecenter.org. Remember to go to our website, theyogahour.com, and share it with a friend. Thank you to the Yoga Hour team, founder and spiritual director, Yogacharya O'Brien, assistant producers, Ann Hayes and Mickey Coronado, and as always, Jeff Comfort and Louis Pagan in the sound booth at unity.fm. I look forward to being with you again. Until then, remember, you carry your own healing and wholeness within you. Share your peace and joy with all you meet. Bye now. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today.